I just want to just thank all of our guests for being here today. If you're new with us at any of our locations, joining us online around the world, a big shout out to you ladies at Mabel Bassett Correctional Facility, but welcome to People's Church today. I know it's a busy time of the year. Thank you for carving out some time out of your busy schedule and coming to worship with us here at People's Church. It's a real delight to have you here. We are one church in five different locations and the Lord is on the move. And as my wife and I just said, this is really our favorite time of the year. I really do love the Christmas season. One of the reasons I love it is my wedding anniversary is December the 20th. So on this month, December the 20th, we'll be married for 22 years. Yeah. Love you, girl. Love my bride. 22 years. I can't believe it's been that long. And everybody always wants to know, why did you get married in December? Well, the scripture says it's better to marry than to burn. And Tiffany was about to burn up. And so I said, okay, since you're about to burn, we'll just go ahead and get married. Okay, it really wasn't like that. <laughs> but it sounds good, doesn't it? It sounds good. But, but I love the Christmas season. I actually love the food around Christmas. I, I love eggnog milkshakes, and I love Christmas cookies. I love the cutout cookies, the sugar cookies, the cutout cookies with, with, with the colored frosting on them. And now my wife and her family tries to tell me that all of the frosting tastes all the same. No, it doesn't. The pink frosting is the best frosting. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't, don't tell me it tastes the same. It doesn't taste the same. They save all the pink frosting for me because it tastes the best. I just love this time of the year. I, I, I'm curious. How many of you love Christmas candy? Anybody love Christmas candy? Come on, shout at me at the count of three what your favorite Christmas candy is. One, two, three. That's what I'm talking about, yes. Who, who said white chocolate peppermint bark? Anybody? That's my, that's my favorite right there. That's it. I heard some people go, oh, the Lord rebuke you right now for that. Because that, that candy right there, it'll, that, that white chocolate with that peppermint is a blessing. And man, I, I love that candy. And, and according to one website, candy canes are Oklahomans' favorite Christmas candy. Matter of fact, here's, here's this one website. This is what it showed. And, and you, it, America's favorite Christmas candy by state. And you see Oklahoma, and it has... The candy cane. So apparently, us Oklahomans really like candy canes. I'm just curious by a show of hands at all of our locations. How many of you love candy canes? Just raise your hand. You like? You really like? I guess that's why the survey happened. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Who already? There was a candy cane in your seat when you got here. Who already ate it? You ruined my illustration. What are you doing? Wait for your instructions. <laughs> you like candy canes? You know what? Let me tell you about candy canes. A legend has it that in the 18th century, somewhere in Europe, there was, there, there was no public display of Christianity. You could not have a Bible. You could not have any kind of public display. You could not hang a cross anywhere. You could not have a nativity scene anywhere. And, and there was one old man who made candy for a living. He was a candy maker, and, and he really loved the Lord Jesus, and, and he, was, he, 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 just, he just had something on the inside of him that just compelled him to share about Jesus. He wanted to tell everybody about Jesus, but yet there was no public display of Christianity, and every year at Christmas time, his heart always went out to the children. 
And so he began to pray, God, what can I do? What can I give the children that would help them know about Jesus? Because there's no public display of Christianity in this area. And he began to pray and seek the Lord. And legend has it, the Lord gave him the idea of the, of the candy cane. And so he made candy canes and gave them to all the children. And what I want to do today is I want to talk to you and share with you about the candy cane and, and, and how the candy cane can remind you of Jesus Christ. Here's my goal. Last week we talked about the Christmas tree. My goal today as well is as we talk about this candy cane, I hope that you never view the candy cane in the same way. I hope the next time you eat the candy cane because you already ate it. So the next time that you actually think about Jesus Christ and the Christmas story, let me give you some nuggets about the candy cane and how it relates to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Number one is this. The candy cane shape reminds us that Jesus is our shepherd. Jesus is our shepherd and you see the the shape of the candy cane is like a shepherd's rod and it shows us that Jesus is the shepherd and you and I are the flock we are his sheep and I want to remind you of what the scripture says about our great shepherd and, and the first thought is this is is that Jesus is the good shepherd he's not a bad shepherd Jesus is the good shepherd shepherd john chapter 10 and verse number 11 says jesus said i am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep the good shepherd jesus christ laid down his life so that you and i could have life that's what the good shepherd did for us the scripture goes on to say in john 10 and verse 14 i am the good shepherd I know my sheep and my sheep know me. You see, Jesus is a good shepherd because he knows every one of us by name. You see, we're not a crowd to our Savior. He knows us individually. He knows us personally. Jesus knows how many hairs are on your head and they're all numbered. He knows how many you got. Somebody says, I don't have any. He knows how many stubs you have on your head. He knows. That's the kind of Savior we serve. He's a good shepherd. Psalm chapter 23 talks about this. It says in verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. You see, the good shepherd provides for us. Jesus is a good shepherd. And, and I want you to understand this about the good shepherd. The good shepherd leads us. He leads us. Understand that the good shepherd leads us with peace. That next verse says in Psalm 23 and verse 2, he makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. You see, God leads us with his peace. Here's how you can know if something is not of the Lord, you won't have peace. Because God always leads us with peace. Let me say this to you today. There can be trouble all around you, and yet you can still have quiet waters on the inside of you when the Lord is leading you. So you're not, you're not looking at the chaos around you. You're trying to see, is there peace on the inside of you? Are there quiet waters? Although there's troubled water all around you. Because God will always lead you with peace on the inside. The good shepherd leads us with peace. I want you to see this. The, the good shepherd leads us down the right paths. 
Psalm 23 and verse 3, the next verse says, he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. The good shepherd will always guide us and lead us down the right paths. I want to say this to you today. If you're debating right now about the decision you should make or whether you should do this or that, always do what God says to do. Because God will always lead you down the right path. You say, Pastor, but what culture is doing or what my friends are saying doing or what my family is telling me to do, what everybody around me is telling me. To, no, 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 no. Don't listen to their, don't put their voices higher priority than God's word. If God's word says something different than your friends or culture, follow God's word because he will always lead you down the right path. That, that, that's what our Savior will do. So do what the Bible says to do. Obey God's word. Because it's always the right path. God, God, the good shepherd leads us with peace. He leads us down the right path. The, the third thing is he leads us with his voice. With his voice. John chapter 10 and verse 16 says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. You see, the good shepherd is a speaking shepherd. God is a speaking God. Do you hear his voice? God is a speaking God. Do, do, do you hear his, his voice? You know, I'm at home sometimes, and I, I can remember this as a kid, being home. And my, my dad or mom would call me, and they would go, Herbert Junior! Bring me some water. I'm like, get up and get your own water. I never said that, but I, come on. I, I, I thought it. Though. I'm like, get up. Your feet not broke. Get your own water, you know. I'm playing the Atari right now. You know what I mean? Get but now that I got children. Oh, come on, somebody. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hey, somebody. Bring me that cover out of that other room. My children are two, you know, two rooms away from me. Huh? I said, bring dad the cover out of the room. Huh? Bring dad the cover out of the room. Huh? Come here. Just come here. Come here. Hey, dad, what'd you say? I said the same thing I told him just a minute ago. Bring me the cover out of the room. But now that they're closer to me, they can hear my voice. <laughs> Do you hear his voice? Because he's speaking. He's a speaking God. See, Pastor, I can't hear his voice because there's distance between you and God. And whenever there's distance between you and God, guess who moves? And so, so God is a speaking God, but if you can't hear his voice, it's because there's distance between you and God, and you got to draw close to God again. You got you to gotta start praying every day. You got to start reading your Bible again. You got to start worshiping. You can't be missing church. You got to be in church with hands lifted, worshiping your Savior, because you need to hear his voice. You got to be in your small group. When small groups launch again in February, man, you got to get in a small group. You got to be able to hear his voice. Starting January the 14th through January the 25th, it's prayer and fasting as a church you gotta be a part of praying and fasting don't miss one 6 a.m prayer meeting it doesn't matter what everybody else does you gotta get close to jesus because you need to hear his voice god is a speaking god and you gotta get close to god so you can hear his 
voice. Let me tell you something else about the good shepherd. The good shepherd protects and cares for us. He protects and cares for us. Psalm chapter 23 and verse 4 says, even though I walk through the, the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. You see, the good shepherd protects and blesses us even in the presence of our enemies. Let me ask you a question. Has God ever protected you from some enemies? Anybody in here that say God has protected you from some enemies? That's what the good shepherd does. He'll protect you from enemies. He'll protect you not only from the evil one, but he'll protect you from some enemies, some flesh and blood enemies. God is a protecting God, a blessing God. Come on, let's take a five second praise break and just thank God for his protection. Thank God for blessing us. Thank God for setting a table before the presence of your enemies that's the kind of God we serve he's a protecting God he's a blessing God oh let's talk about this candy cane you never heard a sermon on the candy cane welcome to people's church today here's the second thing I want you to know about this candy cane the white stripes remind us of Jesus's sin sinless life it reminds us of Jesus's sinless life you see let me remind some of you Again, let me tell some of you for the first time that Jesus wasn't like every other baby. Baby Jesus was quite different. He was pure. He was holy. His conception was immaculate. His mom was a virgin. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18 says, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was born of a virgin. And I just felt led by the Spirit as I was studying this week to say this because somebody needs to hear it. If your mama ever told you you were born of a virgin, she was lying. Somebody needs <laughs> And if you believed her, come up after service, let me pray for you today. She was like, see, Jesus is different than everybody else. The, the Messiah, his birth was like none other. And not only was his birth like none other, but his life was like none other. Jesus lived a sinless life. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 22 says this about Jesus. It says, he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. Jesus never committed a sin. No deceit was ever in his mouth or in his actions. And as parents, as we think about our children, we just go, wow, that this is pretty amazing to think about because us parents know that our children sin. They will lie. They will cheat. They will bite. They will be selfish and though temper tantrums our children sin but not Jesus I just can see Joseph and Mary going to the temple to worship and they check Jesus into the nursery as a baby and they handed baby Jesus over to the nursery worker and a nursery full of babies and the nursery worker serving the Lord faithfully 
And they're changing all the babies' diapers, and the diapers are all just stinky. They got gloves on and sanitizer wipes, and it's just nasty babies. And they get to Jesus' diaper, and they're like, man, that smells like candy cane. What is, what is, what's up with this baby? What is up with this baby? This baby's different than all these other babies. In the children's church, as Jesus was growing up, all the other babies in the children's church throwing temper tantrums, just they had the pager. They put the pager up on the wall. They paging parents out. Come get your baby now, you know. <laughs> but Jesus is in children's church where everybody else doing temper tantrums. And he starts singing, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? <laughs> like something's different about Jesus, man. I mean, something is different about Jesus. All the other kids in children's church are taking the toys. Mine, mine, ah, give me the toy, man. Mine, mine. And Jesus is here, you can have mine. Here, use my toy. And they're like, what is up with this child? He was different. He was, he was sinless. But not only was he sinless, but understand this about our Savior. He was tempted just like you and I are. He, he was sinless, but he was tempted and he overcame temptation. And that's good news for us today because no matter the temptation that you're facing, no matter the sin that you're struggling with, our Savior has already overcome every temptation. He's defeated every sin. And today he can help you overcome your sin. He can help you overcome your struggle. He can help you overcome your addiction. He's a victorious Savior. He's, he's the different Savior. The white stripes, it reminds us that Jesus was a sinless, perfect savior. No, no, number three is this. The, the, the red stripes of the candy cane remind us of the blood of Jesus. And friends, the blood of Jesus is so important. We receive so many benefits because Jesus shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. And this Christmas season, as you look at Christmas canes and eat Christmas canes, I want you to remember the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. I want you to remember the incredible benefits and privileges that you have because of the blood of Jesus. The word of God is just power packed about the blood of Jesus and its importance. And I don't have time today to take you to every single verse that talks about the benefits we receive because of the blood of Jesus. But, but let me just share a few with you today. One is this, you are redeemed through the blood of Jesus. You see, there was a price against us that we could not pay, but the blood of Jesus redeemed us, rescued us, ransomed us. And the scripture says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of of Christ the sinless spotless lamb of God thank you God for the blood of Jesus Christ that rescued us that redeemed us from the penalty and the curse of sin I want you to see a second benefit and that is you have cleansing through the blood of Jesus you see the blood of Jesus cleanses us so not only does it forgive us but it cleanses us you see, the blood of Jesus not only removes the punishment of sin, but it removes the pollution of sin. 
It's like going out on a hot summer day, working all day outside, just all day outside, and you're just nasty and stinky and smelling. And then you go in the house and you let that warm water run over you in the shower and you get yourself all cleaned up. And that's what the blood of Jesus does for us on the inside. The scripture says, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin understand this Jesus' blood doesn't just forgive us but it actually cleanses us it purifies us it, it changes us it takes our nasty and filthy hearts and the blood of Jesus washes them is there anybody in the house at any of our locations that would say since I gave my life to Jesus I'm different I've, I've changed there's some things different about my life today because that's what the blood of Jesus does it doesn't just forgive you of your sin it, it cleanses you of your sin the blood of Jesus, so important, so important. Uh, let me share a third thing with you. You have fellowship with God through the blood of Jesus. You see, his blood brings us in close fellowship with God. Without the blood of Jesus Christ, humanity would be separated from God, and there would be a lot of distance between God and us. And I want you to know today, if you're far away from God, you can come near today. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Scripture sets it like this in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Thank you, God, for the blood. Because now we can have fellowship with God. I want you to see just a fourth thing, a fourth thing about the blood of Jesus, and that is this. You have power over the devil through the blood of Jesus. His blood gives you power over the devil. Satan fears the blood. The devil does not want you to know about the power that's in the blood. He, he hates the blood. Scripture says in Revelation chapter 12 and verse number 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. They overcame them by the blood of the lamb. And I, I love the old time saints. I remember as a, as a kid growing up, and you'd hear the old time saints plead the blood. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody an old saint around here, an old soul? And you ever hear the saints say, the blood of Jesus is against you. You know, the old saints, they, you know, the old saints plead the blood over anything. I plead the blood over my home. Come on, you know, the, the old saints. We, we got to get back to understanding the power of the blood. I'm telling you, there really is power in the blood of Jesus Christ. We need some folks, young folk, that'll get some old souls and that'll plead the blood of Jesus over your home. Plead the blood of Jesus over your marriage. Plead the blood of Jesus over your school. Plead the blood of Jesus over your workplace. Plead the blood of Jesus over our nation. Plead the blood of Jesus over our world. We need some folks that'll say, there's Power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. You better be glad I can't sing, church, because it would be on right. It would be on right now. It would be on right now. But there is power in the blood of the lamb 
Number, number four, number four, number four, number four. When you think about this candy cane, it reminds you of Jesus. And the fourth thing that I, I want you to think about when you, when you see and eat a candy cane is the flavor reminds us that Jesus is a sweet savior. He's a sweet savior. Have you ever had something you haven't tasted in a while? And then you eat or drink it and you're like, man, this is amazing. Why has it been so long? And I'm just thinking to myself. Laura, some Brahms, eggnog. Oh, jeez. Every year when the eggnog comes out and I drink it, I think, my, 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 my. Why weren't you here in June? Oh, it's just, it's, it's, it's so good. And, and, and listen to me. Jesus is like eggnog. You taste him and you find out that he's so good. Psalm chapter 34 and verse number 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. He's good. All the joys of those who take refuge in him. Listen to me. Some of you don't know what you're missing out on. Oh, if you would just taste and see that the Lord is good. You've been trying to taste power and taste chasing money and, and tasting drugs and tasting sex and tasting addiction. You're trying to taste popularity and you and you trying to think it, you think it'll satisfy you and you're tasting it and sin is pleasing for a season, but it always leaves a bad aftertaste. It, it always will. But oh, if you'll taste the Lord, He's good. He's good. He's good. Some of you tasted the Lord years ago. And for whatever reason, you've drifted away. You're not as close to the Lord as you used to be. And somehow you bought into some deception that, oh, if I can just get that, it'll, it'll satisfy. No, oh no, no, I don't, I don't have time for Jesus right now. If I, can if I can just get that, it'll satisfy me. But the reality it will always leave a bad aftertaste and it will never satisfy your soul. Oh, but if you'll taste and see that the Lord is good. He's a sweet Savior. He's a good Savior. He's a wonderful Savior. Somebody needs to taste him today and give your life to Jesus. Somebody needs to come back home today and recommit your life to the Lord Jesus. And that's what next Sunday is all about. The big give. We're inviting hundreds and thousands of people to our church next Sunday. And we're giving them Christmas gifts. Because we believe in, in, in blessing our community. And helping those who are going through a season of struggle. And being there. And I'm excited about that. And we still need around probably 1,000 to 1,500 toys bought between now and Wednesday, this, this coming Wednesday. So, so thank you, church. My wife and I are, are buying $500 worth of toys. Thank you for doing that. And, 
and getting them back to the church today or, or, or before Wednesday, getting those toys and bringing them back. Because there's going to be a little boy, a little girl next week that come to church for some toys. And they're going to sit in one of our kids' classrooms with our amazing kid dream teamers. And they're going to hear about Jesus. How many at all of our locations, you gave your life to Jesus Christ before the age of 18? Just lift your hand all around this room. Come on, just lift it, lift it, lift it. Just look around. The majority. I'm telling you, what we're doing next week matters. When we do outreaches to our children, it matters. Because most people give their life to Jesus. And there's going to be a little boy that walks in, a little girl that walks in. And they're going to come for toys and they're going to hear about Jesus. And next week, they're going to taste and see that the Lord is good. And there's going to be a mama. There's going to be a grandmama that comes with their babies struggling in life. And they're going to walk in overwhelmed next week. And they're going to get some toys. And they're going to be like, what's the catch? What you want from me? We don't want anything from you except 